Before we get going with today's episode, I just want to remind you that we are crazy passionate about helping leaders to get healthy so they can reach sustainable impact. We know this has been a brutal season for leaders, and it is so discouraging when we hear about a leader in the news who has a scandal or a moral failure, something privately that disqualifies them from their public leadership space. And just know this, that breaks our hearts. But secondly, that reminds us why we do what we do. We want to see more leaders get healthy so they can reach sustainable impact, live into how God designed them. Instead of having some kind of crash or burnout, that is not what we are designed to do. And guys, it is possible to live and lead healthy for the long haul without losing our soul. And I want to remind you guys that you can help us to help more leaders. We want to help more leaders in 2021 receive coaching to help them clarify and experiences to help them replenish. Maybe you yourself want to receive coaching or you want to be part of one of our replenishing experiences, but we need help to be able to scholarship more at-risk leaders. And we just want to say thank you to some of the people that have given toward that. Josh and Jacqueline, Brad and Kelly, Casey and Amy, Ed and Mary Lou, Dave and Debbie, and Dan and Lauren, we say thank you. Thank you for helping us to help more at-risk leaders receive coaching to clarify and experiences to replenish. And if you're interested in coming alongside of us to help build our scholarship fund so we can serve more at-risk leaders, we would love to have you. At as little as 10 bucks a month, you can help us to help more leaders. And we're actually part of an amazing new platform called Storehouse. So think somewhere in between Kickstarter and Patreon for kingdom leaders and creators. You can go to storehouse.world, that's storehouse.world, and click on creators. We're the first one that comes up. Also, you can find that link in the show notes. We would love to invite you to give, to help us, to help more leaders clarify through coaching, replenish through experiences so they can get healthy and reach more impact. And now on to today's podcast. I mean, we could talk just whole episode on this is that I think a lot of the pathway back to if your heart is exhausted, if you are running on fumes, consider starting with your body, especially if you live in your mind. I'm, I'm with you. So much of what I do is intangible. And so for me, things like gardening, like basically the things that are really, really slow have been life-giving to me. Canoeing, walking, not even like hiking, trail running, mountain biking, you know, adrenaline, like there's no adrenaline in walking. It's literally yeah. the most boring thing in the world. And yet it's so literally grounding for me. So it's funny that to me, the pathway has been slow and been body where I need to remind myself like, oh, okay, I need to actually get out. Like there's something about the sun that God literally designed to like bring us back to life. And I took five minutes with my cup of coffee, went outside uh, and just soaked in the sun before this. Like it's crazy how five minutes of self-care can really do it or an hour or two. So, so good. Kelsey didn't even intend to talk about this, but thank you for letting us into your journey right now. Guys, this is the good stuff. This isn't like, here's the pedestal that I'm, you know, talking to thousands of people from like, this is right here in the moment, Kelsey. So this is really special that you're letting us into this. Um, thank you. Talk about back to mentoring, talk about expectations. Oh, what man. is important to have as expectations for our mentors? Okay, well, first, they're not going to complete you or solve all your answers. They might shortcut the distance for success for you, but they're not going to get it right every time. No 
other human on the planet can give you advice for your life that's dead on every time always. That would be a crazy expectation, yet we have it. I don't think any of us would say, I expect my mentor to be perfect and get it right every time, but we're disappointed when they don't, you know? And so sometimes your disappointments can be clues Mm. to what your expectations are because like your past disappointments, because that I learned the hard way. We got to Colorado. We were doing ministry with our best friends and they sat down with us and they're like, what are your expectations? And I was like, I have no expectations. I I just, I love people with no strings attached. Like, I don't, I don't have expectations. This is a free relationship. We are free. Be you. I'll be me. It's great. No, it took me being extremely disappointed, having to go to therapy with our friends to realize I I had some missed expectations. Now that I know what was missed, I can communicate that that to them. And so maybe you have an expectation of, you know, a mentor being available to you. Well, what's reasonable? Y'all need to decide what works for y'all. Are they able to be available to you in the season at the at the capacity you need? If not, maybe it's time to part ways with love. I had to have a conversation with someone this week of like, hey, I actually am the least needy person I know. I don't have expectations of like meeting all the time, but you know, this is a career mentor. If I'm paying for a mentor in this capacity, this is not Anne or Amber. <laughs> um, if I'm paying for a mentor in this capacity, I do expect some one-on-one time. I don't even need it every month. I could go with once a quarter, but if there's zero one-on-one time, I just won't allocate my investment here. Maybe that investment is time. Maybe it's money. Um, not putting it on them to bend to you. Figure out what's mutually beneficial. Because if you if you want a mentor of someone one with kids under 10 years old, they're probably going to be less available to you in this season or less available than say I would be with no children. I have a lot more free time in my days and my evenings at this point in life. And so assessing things like, do you value timeliness? Are y'all on the same page on the majors? Some of my mentors don't share the same religious beliefs as me. That's fine. They're not my faith mentor. I go get my faith guidance from someone that is more aligned with me. We might not be the same denomination, but like business, I I don't really care what their belief system is, as long as they're ethical and good people, Mm -hmm. if they're strategizing with me. So figure out like the values that are non-negotiable in that mentoring role and have a conversation about what both of your expectations are so that it can become a mutually beneficial relationship because they're going to have expectations too. They might say, Hey, I value you being on time and you're consistently 10 minutes late. So this is a waste of my time. If you're not going to be here because you just cut our whole meeting off by 10 minutes and I was annoyed and I started out the meeting annoyed and I don't want to, you know, show up as well as I could if you were respecting me. So I think expectations, there's a lot of directions we could take that, but just communicating them. And if you don't think you have them, look back to times you were disappointed. You've got them. You share in the book about this year that you had to buckle down. It felt like a vice grip to your heart as you describe it and write about it in the book of this year of self-discipline and restraint. How did you become a new creation during that year? How did God use that to shape you as painful as that oh, was? Man. Well, very similar to this season. That season reflects the season a lot for me. Um, in the slow. That was a slow year. I didn't let myself book a flight, which is 
you know, a typical coping mechanism of mine. Um, I didn't let myself book, book a flight to go home and visit my parents, see my friends. Like I always had an excuse of why I could book a flight. It might be like, oh, I need to go land that client. Like I could make the flights pay for themselves. But it was removing the simple act of escaping. It was slowing down. And I've always found in those slow seasons, I start to have room and more margin back in my life. And then, oh, all of a sudden, I can hear Holy Spirit better. I can hear God better. I can hear what I need for that season better because it's not so noisy and chattering and fast. I live in the fast lane, but often when I live in the fast lane, I leave no margin for those quiet moments anymore. And I think that year was extremely transforming because that's the first time I ever was like, there is a non-negotiable to slowing down. I'm not even giving myself permission to cope in my normal fun coping mechanisms. And I, I leaned in, it was painful. It was super uncomfortable, um, but I liked who I was at the end of it more. Mm. And I felt like a person who carries peace versus mania more. Mm. And, and that's really who I want to be. I want, I want to carry peace when I walk in a room, not, not be that person that's moving so fast that they can't remember the name of the person they had a conversation with five minutes ago. Mm. And so it's, it's hard to put to words how I became a new creation that year, but I think I really liked who I was when I slowed down. Mm. It's a good word for you guys listening. Like there are, there's beauty and limits, even though there's pain in those limits. And I really resonated with that in the book is that there have been those times, COVID was one of them for me, not the only, but one of them where it was the great slowdown where I could either embrace it or I could run to the next micro adventure that I could create for myself, i.e. distraction. And it was so good and so hard to just put one foot in front of the other and just do the next right thing and just a steady, slow, steadfast, like words that don't excite me at the core but same thing at the end of it. Hey, we're rolling. I don't want to cut this off. This is so good. We're going to transition into uh, something we talked a little bit about in this last series. Um, about two months ago, we had just female leaders on and we're talking about the joys and challenges of being a female leader. So gloves off, permission to be honest, dudes listening, ladies listening, come on, let's go. In the book, you say, if we want to see a generation of women mentoring one another, learning from one another and collaborating instead of competing, we have to stop waiting and start stepping into the role, whether or not we feel qualified. Talk to the ladies right there about some of the limiting beliefs that you see a lot of women saying, oh, I'm not blank enough, that particularly you think plague women more than men. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they say, I don't know who they are, but I hear this over and over again, like women deal with imposter syndrome just at like a much higher rate than men do. It's why women make less in the corporate workplace because they're too afraid to counter their offer. That's like, there's data around that. Mm. A man will ask for 10,000 over a woman will just accept the offer, you know, a lot of the time. And so I think that's a very tangible real life example of so many of us struggle with imposter syndrome. And I think we think that there will be a day that we do enough Bible study or therapy or whatever, that it will go away. But I'm here to tell you it won't. You're going to face imposter syndrome as you up level. And so you'll get past one level, you'll feel comfortable for a while, but then it's time to stretch again. And I think 
this is relevant for anyone, male or female. Um, but then it's time to up level and you'll feel stretched in like a, an imposter all over again. I am in that season. I very much relate. I raised my prices. I feel stressed. I have new offers. I feel stressed about it. But hmm. what's the alternative? Just wait for you to magically feel like you've arrived one day. And, and now that you know, because I'm here to tell you, you won't feel like that at least not for permanent amounts of time ever. I think you can do all the identity work, you know, in the world and you're still going to have seasons of up-leveling where you're stretched. And in those moments where you feel stretched, it you have the questions of, can I hack it? Does someone do it better than me? Oh, someone else is already doing that. Maybe I just shouldn't. Like I should just send everyone to yep. that person because they're the expert. They're already doing it. But no, like, what if you showing up and serving people could change lives, even if it doesn't seem like you're in a life changing expression or industry, yeah, maybe it's just your essence that would cause transformation for someone that that competitor of yours or that expert who's further along or that person who's already crushing it. Maybe they don't carry that facet of what that person right in front of you means. So I, I think We've got to step into the role anyways, because sometimes we're not going to feel qualified. And then there are seasons where you will like, oh, I'm crushing it. But I don't think there's this like state of permanence either way. At least I've never experienced a permanence of I'm crushing it. Although I have those months, I don't experience that all the time. And so I have to choose to move forward in my gifts and my calling, even if I don't feel qualified that day and get less focused on me and instead focused on the person I can serve. It might be imperfect. I might not have arrived as much as I wanted to in this moment, but I'm going to serve them. And when I make it about them, it, it takes the pressure off me anyways. Like I'm talking to myself in this moment. Um, and I, and I promise like whether or not you feel qualified there's something that you uniquely bring to this world that no one else does. Maybe it's the same offer, the same message, a similar message as someone else, but it's not, it doesn't have your unique, you know, thumbprint on it when it's someone else's like only you can deliver what you bring to the world in the way you do it. So like, yeah. take the next step in front of you. Yeah. So helpful. And so true, right? New levels, new devils. Like yeah. by the time you feel like you're crushing it, it's time for you to grow a little bit, stretch a little bit. And then by nature, you're going to feel insecure in that next level. So I think it's so helpful to say, you're never going to feel like you've arrived. And that's good. I think that's part of the human experience is just that fear. So don't miss that listeners. There's a part of the book that, that I thought Kelsey was so helpful. And a um, a crucial conversation, an elephant in the corner of the room we just got to talk about, and it is family and career colliding as a female. So we like to get upstream from conversations. And so you can even talk to some younger females here. Maybe you're not even married yet, don't have kids yet. Talk a little bit about the crucial conversation of thinking about the collision of career and family and why it's important to have those thoughts and even conversations earlier than when, you know, the pregnancy test says you're pregnant. Let's start thinking the time is ticking. Yeah. So I was so grateful to nanny for this lady named Lucy in college. And this is also a whole lesson on jobs that you think are going to be insignificant that can have total life transformation and impact. 
Um, and in that role, I nannied for them for like four or five years. And I got to watch Lucy juggle family and career. And she didn't choose one thing that women are often told they have to choose. I still have friends. We are in 2021. And I still ha- I had a friend at lunch gasp that I didn't plan to stay home with my children. And I was like, hey, that's totally fine if you want to. But like, I, I'm actually just shocked that we're in this current you know, year in history and you're gasping at me over this. I was so surprised. And I realized like, oh, she wasn't, she's one of my really good friends. She wasn't meaning to judge me, but we, we do that. Women are often told they have to choose or work for five or seven years. And then you stay home for a period of time. And then you could go back later. Whereas like a man doesn't feel like they have to choose and they don't feel guilty for, for enjoying their family and enjoying their career. And so I just, you know, have made it a really important part of my life of having women who juggle both. Maybe there'll be a season where I do choose to stay home and close up shop for a little bit. And then I will want to invite some stay at home moms into the conversation. Although I already have mentors who are stay at home moms. And so, you know, I just needed someone who was modeling me the life I wanted. They still had strong friendships. They still had strong marriages, strong parenting relationships, and they had a career they loved. Were they sacrificing in seasons? Yes. Was it always balanced? No, but they modeled that it was possible and I needed that physical representation in my life so that as I navigated that journey, I wouldn't feel totally isolated and alone when half my friends quit their jobs and stayed home, which was awesome. I love that for them. I just needed someone who was doing what I was doing. And so I think for me, the realization that like, wow, my husband goes to work and doesn't feel guilty that he doesn't plan to quit his job when we have a kid, I can do that too. I just need some examples of other women who have done it. And I think that's, that's important. I also, I also think it's really important for women to synthesize the information, the career information they get through their goals and what their game plan is going to be. Because I found myself lately in a position of someone is giving me guidance. That is a, is, hustle 80 hours a week style guidance. And that's not going to work with the Mm -hmm. lifestyle I want. Like I plan to have a kid in like the next year or two. So I'm definitely going to slow down for a few months and then my, I'll be in a whole new rhythm after that. So I need to synthesize that guidance and say, "Mm, what's applicable for me. That might not be applicable for me. Cause like he, he didn't have to have his body slow down for months at a time. And so I think there's a lot of nuances there. Um, but find yourself a woman modeling the life you want, whatever that looks like. So many challenges being a female leader, right? We could talk for hours and we've heard some of those. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this on Ride Setup Community, go back, listen to that. But I don't want to forget there are some joys right now. What are some joys or opportunities to being a female leader or entrepreneur right now in this moment in history? I love it. I just, I've, I've loved being around powerhouse women. That's a joy of me. I've always like, you know, um, gravitated towards that strong um, 
force of nature style personality. And it is fun to watch a woman in her element um, running with her passions and and to just link arms and to move forward together. Um, I love, I mean, this is so basic and cliche to love this quote, but I love the, the quote, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think we're in a season of women coming together versus competing and, and, and getting across the finish line together. And that that is a huge joy for me because I, I have some amazing friends doing really impactful work that want to run alongside each other. So good. So good. Um, I've loved this season of doing Zoom calls and seeing inside of people's house. And so looks like you made your bed uh, there today. Your room's <laughs> fairly tidy, at least that we can see. It's just fun to be inside of people's homes. Sometimes you have like, you know, kids running by in my house, like one of them is beating the other one up and maybe, you know, saying some words that we should probably go back and edit out. Like that's just the madness and the beauty of our house. So tell us about an object in your house that you absolutely love and for whatever reason are deeply connected to. Oh man. Um, well, I would say it's the new wood beams in my house because we just gutted our whole home. This is actually the guest bedroom. So it's the most, um, put together room since we have people. Whatever your house is clean. Don't lie to us. But, but, um, we just gutted our house and knocked down all the walls. And my cousin had these beautiful beams in his backyard that he had bought for another project that I probably wouldn't have spent the money on had he not given it to me at cost. Um, and it is just a joy to walk and see these natural wood beams and walls that used to be there and see my creative thumbprint on my home. Awesome. Last question. I mean, maybe the most important question that we have. So, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, is in an alley and you encounter him. And I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but you have to defeat Dwayne The Rock Johnson somehow, emotionally, physically. You need to tear him down, destroy him, defeat him, Kelsey. Anything's on the table. Nothing's too mean. Nothing's too harsh. How are you going to defeat The Rock? I don't even know, but probably, you know... I'm a pretty logical arguer, so I might, you know, get him into a verbal debate and win it because uh, I think in another life I could have been an attorney. Yes, <laughs> you will break him down mentally in the process. I've loved the answers to these questions, by the, way, by the way. We've had some of the sweetest female guests that have just been vicious, just been brutal. So The Rock, we're sorry at your expense that we're joking here, but Kelsey, you are a wealth of wisdom and knowledge, helping a lot of other people close to our heart at Stay Forth. And thank you for letting us into your story in the current moment. So many leaders share that two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, but you're like, here's where I'm at right here in the moment. So this is so reachable and accessible for our listeners. So grateful for you and what you do. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Shine, shine. We ain't focused so long.